You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health Podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Hello, I'm Teresa McKee, your host for A Mindful Moment. Thank you for joining me as we explore ways to increase mindfulness in our day-to-day experiences. Mindfulness is presence, awareness. It's paying attention to what's happening within us and around us. Mindfulness increases our emotional, physical, and mental well-being. It can also enhance our focus and productivity, and there are many health benefits from practicing mindfulness and meditation, from lowering blood pressure to increased longevity. Perhaps most importantly in today's chaotic world, mindfulness strengthens our ability to be more compassionate to ourselves as well as others. Julie Potiker is a mindfulness expert with extensive certifications and teacher training in a variety of tools and methods, including mindful self-compassion. Through her Mindful Methods for Life program offerings, Julie helps others bring more peace and wellness into their lives. Her newest book is Snap, From Chaos to Calm. Welcome, Julie, and thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's fun to be here. I I have to tell you, I really enjoyed the book. Um, I found it really nice, a nice blend of sort of hands-on experience and examples along with you include some of the research behind what you're teaching and it's told in an easy to follow format. I also appreciated that you can skip around. So it's not where if someone wants some help with one area, they can zoom in right on that, which I think is really handy. I think the best place for us to probably start is for you to explain what the SNAP acronym stands for. Sure, absolutely. So whenever you're feeling an emotion that is uncomfortable, first you snap your fingers. Then soothing touch is the S. Name the emotion is the N. Act is the A. And praise is the P. And then I can break down each step for you. So soothing touch is really cool. Um, Science has figured out that the mammalian caregiver response downregulates cortisol and adrenaline. So when your body's in fight, flight, freeze, you're feeling anger, uh, grief, you're feeling fear. If you place your hands where you find them soothing on your own body, oxytocin and endorphins will get released and it'll calm you down before you can even think about naming the emotion, you start calming down. And then naming the emotion, which I'm sure you've, I'm sure you do, and you've been doing for years, name it to tame it, feel it to heal it, that continues to calm down your nervous system and allows the requisite seconds for your prefrontal cortex to come online so that you can make a more a more skillful response so that it's not like a snap reaction going on in your body, like rage going on in your body. And then the act, the first question is, what do I need to hear right now? And that's your mindful self-compassion overarching question. What do I need to hear right now? And it could be, 
I've got this. This feels terrible, but it's going to change because everything changes. The good changes, the bad changes. This too shall pass. It could be whatever sentence that you say to yourself. I'm safe. I'm actually safe right now. I'm not getting chased by an elephant. I'm okay right now. And then what do I need to do right now? So what do I need to hear right now? What do I need to do right now? And what do I need to do right now? That's your toolbox. That's the whole like guts of what brings you joy. You've got a joy list. I have people write a joy list and you pick one of those things. And if it's take a bath because you have the opportunity to take a bath right now and you have a bathtub or if it's look out the window or take a walk outside or if it's meditate or do breath work or if it's use a here and now stone or mindful walking, mindful eating, whatever it is, there's 30 things that you could do to shift your mood. That's in the A. And then the P is praise. And I love the P because I'm um, not a very religiously oriented person. So the P for me is good job, Julie. Pat yourself on the back. Thank your teachers. Thank your practice. If you're a person that gets tremendous solace from your religious deity, you could be thanking Jesus for getting you through this moment or God or Buddha or Allah. And people that have a connection like that, that feels really good to them. So snap, soothing touch, name the emotion, act, and praise. Fantastic. Well, I want to go back to the A in the act in case we have listeners who are new to mindfulness because you leave the A open to whatever mindfulness techniques individuals want to use or pull from their toolbox. And so I want to say, even if you don't have a toolbox yet or a toy box, actually, I think you refer to it at the end of the book. Um, you can build that box up through the book, right? Because you give a lot of great examples. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. When you're building up your toolbox, I think the ground floor of that is just free associating with a pen and a paper what brings you joy. And it could be a soft pillow. It could be planning a trip. It could be having the perfect cup of tea. It could be talking to a friend. Um, If you're feeling unsafe, you could even think about people that love you. You could think about people that you love. You could do a guided meditation. You could mindful walking, dropping your awareness to the soles of your feet and taking a few steps, imagining leaving footprints. I mean, there's so many techniques that you can do to ground yourself and help yourself feel better. And then The experience-dependent neuroplasticity piece of this, which is so cool, and I know that was a mouthful, um, it's predominantly the work of Rick Hansen. It's taking in the good. So once you have shifted your mood and you feel good, remember to enrich it and absorb it. Let it land. Let it land because what wires together fires together, right? Dan Siegel says it like where attention goes energy flows, neural networks grow. So you're creating new neural bridges in your brain. And the more, I call them happy bridges, the more happy bridges in your brain get created throughout your day, every single day, the more negative ones get pulled out. Because our our minds can be a little bit of a bad neighborhood, <laughs> actually. Yeah, so you can make your brain 
a happier neighborhood, which I actually did in these past 10 years with just really consistent practice. Yeah. And that's really the key is not just doing it once, doing something on a regular basis so that those neural connections can start to get the hang of it, right? I looked for a graphic and I never could find it, but it was like, you know, a colander when you're pouring water over pasta and the water's coming out. I I sometimes think of my brain, this is weird, as a colander, and I want a positive mental state to be pushed to a neural trait. I don't want to waste it. So it's not, that's a beautiful sunset. What's for dinner? It's, that's a beautiful sunset. Wow. Look at those colors. And isn't that amazing? And just taking it in for a dozen seconds or something is enough for that neural bridge to be created. Yeah, it's, it's magical. I love it too. So let me ask you, why do you start each exercise by snapping your fingers? Is there a reason for that? Well, I really like the somatic piece um, to snap. And I was reading this book called The Extended Mind that I thought was so cool. And it's about um, how doing hand and arm motions help us learn better and kind of open our mind for more creativity. So when I'm going to be teaching workshops for snap, Um, I have one coming up at the beginning of next month. I'm going to have people like Simon says, follow the leader with all of the hand motions. Then I'm going to have them stand up and move their legs. Then I'm going to have them do it walking um, because just the learning with your body, it'll make you remember it more. And And the somatic piece, I just think it's incredibly cool. And it came to me, um, I did a lot of dance growing up, which is why my feet are not so wonderful right now. (laughs) But I did like 20 years of modern dance. The hand and arm movements are like choreography to me. And I love it. I have people handwrite for the same reason, because once you get the body connected to the mind, you really do remember things better. And you have better recall, I think, because you had that process of movement involved. So that's great. Let's get into some specifics that you lay out in the book, Um, starting with an emotion that I think almost everyone on the planet has been experiencing the last few years, which is anxiety. Uh So first, I'm wondering if you can kind of share with our audience what happens to us when we're anxious, and then maybe you could walk us through how to use SNAP to relieve anxiety. Sure, absolutely. So the mindfulness piece is you have to know what you're feeling to be able to soothe yourself right? So if you're aware in your body that an emotion is coming up that feels bad, like anxiety, anxiety doesn't feel good. So you'll feel anxiety coming up depending on the situation. And you'll snap your fingers. And then you'll do soothing touch and soothing touch. It can be a variety of places. So soothing touch is For me, it's my go-to is my heart, two hands on my heart. But for some people, it's one hand on their heart, one hand on their belly. For some people, it's hugging their arms. For some people, it's cradling their face. Some people, it's hand in hand. And when I teach this in corporate settings, I tell people, just put your hands together in your lap because nobody will know that they've gotten you upset, you know, if you don't want people to know if you want to really maintain your cool. 
You can also just put your hands on your thighs and kind of do a rub down towards your knees. But one of these soothing touch places is going to start your body actually calming down. It's like you're mothering yourself or fathering yourself. In the wild, when an infant cries out and the adult picks it up and they say, oh, baby, baby, the oxytocin and endorphins get released in the infant and in the adult. So this is what we're doing for ourselves, right? And then you name the emotion. Oh, it's anxiety. And, you know, there's a million hypotheticals that people have throughout their day that make them feel anxious. Say it. Say it out your mouth, right? And that'll further calm you down. And then say to yourself, what do I need to hear right now? And the what do I need to hear right now is going to depend on what the situation is, right? But tell yourself what you need to hear, and it'll help. And then what do I need to do? And that's your toolbox. And your toolbox, what you're going to pull from will depend on what's available to you in that moment, right? If you're sitting at a red light, you're not going to be able to take a bath. You're going to have to pick something that you can do sitting at the red light. And it might be breathing in for four and breathing out for six a few times, just so that the exhale is longer, your heart rate and your blood pressure come down. And then when you feel better, praise, say, thank you, Julie. Good job using your practice. And I seriously do this many, many times a day. For someone that's new to this, then just recognizing that at first it feels like you've got to remember a bunch of steps, but it quickly becomes a habit. I mean, in my case, all of my practices, at first it was like, okay, I got to remember to do this and remember to do this. And then pretty soon you don't have to remember anymore, right? Exactly. It just happens automatically. And of course, mindfulness includes the mind-body connection. So I, I think it's a, a really good fit for really helping people that even people that maybe don't don't want to or don't like it or whatever with like a sitting meditation. This is something where uh -huh. you're taking an action to self-soothe and and help yourself. Help yeah. yourself. But you know, it doesn't mean you have to sit in silence or do anything that takes a long time. You could do this a hundred times a day and it would only take, you know, a few minutes of your day. So that's great. Exactly. And you know what? Um, I should mention for, for people that this is completely new, my prior book, Life Falls Apart, But You Don't Have To, Mindful Methods for Staying Calm in the Midst of Chaos, has way more content. I mean, in the ACT category, it's, it's like a mindfulness memoir that's really a mindful self-compassion book. And it's on Audible now. And it's really a fast and easy read. It's It'll give people the background they need if they don't want to read like the Mindful Self-Compassion Workbook. Maybe you could talk a little bit about contagious anxiety. And I'm wondering, can we counteract it? Totally, we can. So we are mirroring each other's neurons right now. It's harder to do because I'm looking at the camera and not at you because I don't want my eyelids to look down because they're drooping at my age anyway. But if I was actually looking right at your face... Even on Zoom, we're mirroring each other's neurons because we're primates. So everybody knows when they walk into a room and the energy is bad. They can't exactly maybe put their finger on it. And I'm not um, new age or like woo-woo or anything. I'm a recovering lawyer. So for me, this has to be science-based or I can't even, I'm too cynical. 
So anyway, um, the energy thing is a real thing. We have these energy bodies. They go out about three feet from us. And you can tell if somebody is feeling nasty and, you know, you like shields up. I don't want to catch it. Right. And you have to sometimes for me, I have to really monitor that human and the inside of me. Interoception is the inside of us. I drop into the inside of me and just breathe, say some positive things to myself. And if I can bring the other person up and out of it, I will. And if I can't, they can keep their crap and I am safe in my bubble. Well, thank you for that. Because in our workshops, we've really been emphasizing this lately because so many people are anxious and I don't want to say they're acting out, but they're visibly demonstrating their frustration or anger or whatever in society in general, not just with the people we work with, trying to get people to understand like you're affecting other people. Like I know you feel bad and there's things you can do, but doing this is not helping because it's making everyone feel bad. And right. so I think it's important for people to to take some responsibility for their emotions. It doesn't mean it, it, that's not, not a judgment or anything like that, but just be responsible or be, a, you know, it starts with being aware that you're feelings, your emotions, your anxiety, whatever it is, it is contagious. And totally. You can reel it in and do some of these exercises for yourself before you get around other people so that you're better able to interact and not negatively affect people. You know, what you're reminding me of is all the bad behavior on the, on the airplanes. Yes. Like how many times are we getting these reports of like an unruly passenger right. And the interactions with gate staff and with and everybody's so stressed out flying. And we've had this like, it's almost three years, the pandemic. I mean, it's shocking that this is still ongoing, but yet the facts on the ground, man, we're still in a pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. So everybody's dealing with it and it is making people anxious. So in the um in the airport, what I do to calm my nervous system. In my head, I say loving kindness phrases to strangers. I like look at their backs or at their faces or at their heads. And I wish them, may you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you live with ease. And I just round robin that. And then when I end up interfacing with somebody, I'm not only calm, I'm kind of radiating warm heartedness and they love it. And then the next person that they encounter gets the benefit. It, that's interesting that you brought up the loving kindness because when the FAA shut everything down a couple of days ago, oh my gosh, I was thinking because people are so fatigued with this, you know, I was thinking they, they should put up the loving kindness meditation on the walls in the airport. Absolutely. <laughs> so that everybody, everybody has like a, a focus point. Um, yeah, it's tough. And I mean, I know everybody's having a tough time, but right. people are also getting tired of it. And to me, the only way we can start kind of helping each other calm down is through this concept of contain. We can spread positive emotions just as well as negative. And at least that would be beneficial. But. Yeah. You have to remember to remember, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, um, when I, when I teach, I hand out those little stickers from the office supply store and I have people put one on their dashboard of their car, put one on their monitor, put one on their iPhone, whatever, just have one on your makeup mirror, just as a reminder to drop into self-compassion, a reminder to breathe, a reminder of whatever it is to break your primate brain from time traveling, 
worrying about the future and ruminating on the past, which is what we're wired to do. Don't beat yourself up. This is what why we're still alive, that we're wired to do this, but it's not healthy. <laughs> right. It's not helping us. <laughs> well, in light of what we've all been through in the past three years, I thought the section on grief in the book was very pertinent, especially mm-hmm. related, though, to the global events that you talk about, because I think this is just my opinion, but I think a lot of people are grieving without realizing that that's why they don't feel well. They're yeah. not understanding that what's happened to us, all of us have something to grieve, whether it's all the way you know, to the extent of losing someone, to just losing our way of life or our habits or you know, whatever it is. So I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about the process and how do you snap for grief? So grief is love, right? It's a love relationship. So, and there's so many kinds of grief and there's so many griefs that happen all at once, like the way of life grief thing, people losing their jobs, people losing their pets, people losing their loved ones. Then there's the global, you know, that you see, oh my God, in California, we're flooding, people are losing their lives, or when there's fires or earthquakes or whatever. And you can't grieve all these griefs at one time. You need to pick a grief, let it land, let yourself feel it, tell yourself what you need to hear. It's snap, I'm snapping. And do something to move your mood. And when my dad was alive, I used to go visit him at his independent living place on the ocean. And all these super agers there were like the most inspirational, coolest people in the world. And they'd lived through tremendous suffering. You know, they all lived through World War I and World War II. Uh, and it helped soothe me and, and calm me and open my perspective on things. I also have a meditation um, technique that I use every time I'm really super upset, and that's Tanglen. And I don't know whether you use Tanglen too. Um, but I teach Tanglen. It's a little counterintuitive. I'm sure I don't teach it as well as Pema Chodron or Tara Brock, but I do my best and it works for me, which is why I teach it. And that is breathing in the pain and suffering, believe it or not, and breathing out cool, peace, ease, clean, light. So you're breathing in the horror you're transmuting it in your body, which I think is a power thing. I think it makes me feel powerful and in control, which is why it works for me. And then you're breathing out peace and light and ease. So when there's a mass shooting, I get so unbearably upset because I'm upset at the loss of life and I'm imagining the family's suffering and then I and then I get upset about the political situation on top of it that enables these things to happen in our country, the United States of America. So there's just so much grief that happens inside my body. And if I do Tanglen, it calms me down. Well, you cover several areas specifically in the book, including the inner critic, parenting, political strife and disaster and sadness, depression, shame, and guilt. So you really hit on pretty much everything I could think of, but you also explain that you can use it for anything, right? Right. 
So I wish we could have time to cover them all. But let's close out with another section in the book, which is gratitude. Uh So I guess two questions. Why do you feel gratitude is so important? And how can we snap for gratitude? Okay, so gratitude is foundational. Gratitude creates an upward spiral, and it's going to make you happier. And there have been, I don't know how many studies, like a thousand studies that show that gratitude makes people happier. And when you said earlier that you have people write, I have people write and I have them keep a gratitude journal and I have them answer two questions every night in the journal. And it's just like, this is my gratitude journal. You know, it's just lined paper. Um, It can be any kind of journal, but on the inside cover, write down, what did I enjoy today? Number one. And number two, what am I grateful for today? It just works for me. And I have people write it down because of the brain handwriting thing. But if they can't write it down and they want to just keep it in their phone, I'm like, fine, just type it with your thumbs. It doesn't matter. It just getting it down there is better than only thinking about it. So you don't really snap for gratitude. Gratitude's a thing you have to do. You know, it's foundational. Yeah, and it's so important to our well-being. Um, I can't believe how quickly time goes. But before we go, I want to make sure people know how to connect with you, maybe learn about your program. And your, I know you've got a large Facebook group and how they can find your podcast. Okay. So um, if you go to my website, which is mindfulmethodsforlife.com, Everything's in there. So the podcast Balanced Mind with Julie Potiker has over a hundred really nice guided meditations. They're extemporaneous. I don't script myself, but each one has a poem at the end, which is just lovely. I started writing poetry. I love that. But there's really famous poets <laughs> in there. They're not all my poems. Um, and then also in the website, there's a library. So if you go to the resources and reading tab, you'll see all my teachers' books. You'll see their websites. You'll see, you know, apps in there. I mean, it's just, it's a a wealth of material in there. And my podcast is free, by the way. And most of what I do is is free. Wonderful. Well, that's great. And I want to thank you so much for joining us today and sharing this because I think Again, this is a tool for the toolbox too, but I think the more we can empower ourselves with exercises and activities that help us to feel better, then once again, that gives us sort of fills our cup so we have more to give others. And I think this is a great resource. So thank you so much. Thank you for helping us go from chaos to calm. Take care. You too. Until next time, I encourage you to meditate daily. And be mindful in all of your everyday activities. Simply bring your full awareness to the present moment to build your mindfulness skills, paying attention to every detail of what you're doing, from washing dishes to work tasks to taking a walk. Your mind will wander, and that's normal. Each time you notice it has wandered, that's mindfulness. Consider how wonderful the world could be if everyone was mindful. You can help make that happen. It all starts with a mindful moment. This podcast is part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. 
Visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to other great shows like the Daily Meditation Podcast, Everything Everywhere, and Movie Therapy. We deeply appreciate your support at patreon.com slash a mindful moment. Please be sure to subscribe to A Mindful Moment and follow us on Instagram at A Mindful Moment Podcast. Visit our website, amindfulmoment.com, to access podcasts, scripts, and book recommendations. A Mindful Moment is written and hosted by Teresa McKee and or Melissa Sims. The Spanish version is translated and hosted by Paola Tile. Intro music, Retreat by Jason Farnham. Outro music, Morning Stroll by Josh Kirsch, MediaWrite Productions. Thank you for tuning in. This podcast is produced by Work to Live Productions.